Well, happy 30th anniversary to Erotica and the Sex Book. We are coming in on the tail weekend, and we got some great surprises with some exclusive new merchandise in the Madonna store. We also got the maxi single for Bad Girl, which came out on streaming, which includes not only the longer, extended, more orchestral opening of Bad Girl, but we also get the Edit 1, aka the video version of Fever which I know that we have all been dying for on streaming for a while. Uh, So with that said, we are also celebrating the 20th anniversary of Die Another Day, which we talked about more in our first episode than we will talk about in this episode. So enjoy. Okay, well, next song on the album is Nobody Knows Me. And for me, this is a song I originally was not a huge fan of, but it grew on me particularly after seeing it performed live at Reinvention Tour. I don't know what your feelings are on it. Um, pretty much the same. I um, I liked it when it was on the album, but I always thought it, it could have been a bit crazier. I always um, yeah. felt it was a little bit inferior to Impressive Instant off the music album which mm-hmm. I adored, and I felt this was moving in that direction but not quite getting there. But yes, I completely agree. Once I saw it live and just saw her strutting her stuff on stage, it just took it to an, another level. Yeah, it gave it a new... It, it defined the song for me. Yeah. It where gave I it didn't power feel it me. at first. Yeah. And also, this song is very... It's it's very not much like the rest of the album either. So it's it's very dancey. It's very something you might hear at a club. Whereas the other songs that we have heard so far off the album don't really have that sound. I mean, Die Another Day was included, but Die Another Day, again, for me, was not a song that was necessarily intended for the album. It was for the 007 movie. Yeah. So it kind of, Die Another Day always sits on like another shelf for me. Um, But Nobody Knows Me is a little bit different just because sonically it sounds different than the rest of the album. Yes, it's probably like the centerpiece of the album, isn't it? And and yeah. nothing else matches it for um, for sound or um, yeah, for, just right. for the whole feel of it. But yeah. it's it's a shame because it almost gets you ready for this to continue, and then obviously with the next track, it doesn't. So it does, right. like you say, stand stand alone <laughs> more or less on the album. Yeah. And again, I'm gonna have to go with um, the. Mount Sims old school mix. Yes. That's on yes. Remixed and Revisited. So all the remixes that I like from this album are all on Remixed and Revisited. They're Same not here. necessarily on the single covers, uh, on the singles, except for Hollywood. Um but the the tracks that are included on Remixed and Revisited as the remixes, those are my favorite remixes. Definitely. It gives it like that. It's even called the old school mix or something, yeah. isn't it? It just gives it that like sort of like really Bouncy eighties mm-hmm. retro feel. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good. Pumping out of a boombox. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the next track, which you know, it goes from love perfusion to nobody knows me. Really hype track, and then it brings it really down with nothing fails. Which is um, when I first heard this song, uh, was my favorite song off the album. I just feel like it has a very 
soulful sound. Um, it was reminiscent of like a prayer with the choir. Uh, and I just, I just loved it. I loved the songwriting for it. Um, of course, later we, it was revealed that who wrote the track, Jem, Jem, yes. uh, was, and it was kind of just like a direct interpretation of Jem's version. I especially loved it when she sang it on MTV's On Stage and On the Record because she had the full choir there. And then after she sang that song, they sang like a prayer too. So it just kind of uh, brought it all full circle to me. I need to revisit that, to be honest. Um, I've not watched that for a long time. You need to remix and revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, um, this song, I wanted to love it. I wanted to like it much more than I actually did. Mm. And I would listen to it. And because the, all the ingredients are there for a great Madonna song, like as you've said. But for some reason, it just doesn't reach the heights of what it did to reach. With, like with the, the choir is beautiful, but with the comparing to the choir in Like a Prayer, it actually, excuse the pun, but the, the choir in Like a Prayer actually takes you somewhere, whereas this takes me somewhere and then just drops again and goes, doom, 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 doom. And yeah. I'm like, oh. So, and that always disappointed me. I, I, I don't just like the song, but I don't know, there's many people who love it just as, as much as it, like, like you do, but. I have be- become a little bit more critical of the song as the years have gone by, uh, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it wasn't Madonna penned. Um, yeah. And I feel like this record in some of the songs faced overproduction. Uh, and this was one of them where they distorted the chorus. So you didn't even feel like the full body of the chorus. They, they distorted the sound. Kind of like when you turn a speaker up way too loud there's this distortion in the speaker on the choir bit you mean on the choir bit yeah okay yes i see what you mean yeah um and i feel like it didn't feel it, natural did it right if it, it loses a little something because of that but again on tour oh yeah on tour <laughs> get out of here yeah. <laughs> you know having her um and her work with sahita garrett on stage was yeah. amazing. I have some comments about her though when we talk about reinvention, but <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and the remixes don't stand out to me. I think the the version that they used to promote on radios was like the Nevins mix, but yeah. to me, it's like you can't you can't do that because it doesn't. Whatever the song didn't have before, it really doesn't have it now in that mix. Yeah. That's how I feel. Uh, and that's not the song you try to get. That's not that's not the version that you try to get listeners for. I think this is the first song I've always been um, an avid remix Madonna remix collector, and I think this was the first one that I've, I, I just wasn't that bothered about. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize at the time, but just looking back, the remixes don't even stand out. Whereas other remixes of tracks, I can pick one, pick my favorite. Yeah. Whereas these are yeah. They, for this it's not exciting and the song, yeah. and the single cover is horrible oh. Oh. <laughs> it is for me it is the worst it is a outtake from the um well actually i think it's the uh no it's not the album cover but there's i think that it's taken from the same gap photo shoot and it's not even a full picture. It's a cutout of a picture. And then, well, actually I think in the UK and in Europe, it was the full picture and they put 
it was either like orange or pink. Um, and oh, that title. typography was horrible, yeah. wasn't it? But in America, the it was like brown, and actually, I'll I'll show it to you. Well, you could see it, but our our listeners can't see it. Her picture yes, is like a little square yeah. at the bottom, and it's just yeah. an outtake from the Gap photo shoot. And I'm like, this is what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> it just stands out in your collection, doesn't it? Of being like a soul form, like yeah, doesn't belong there. Like, what are we? What am I supposed to do? It's almost as bad as the get together single cover. Which I think <laughs> oh, probably. I like get together. Do I thought you? It was all right. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but jump. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I mean, I feel you. I. I think <laughs> the single covers have suffered. And honestly, it would be great to see her work with Jerry Hyden again because um, I think Jerry Hyden does excellent work because Jerry Hyden did all the single and album um, design work for Like a Virgin through Immaculate Collection. And then I think she also did The Cease to Be My Playground. Oh, gosh. You can I, see the quality then, can't you? Oh, yeah. In that era mm-hmm. compared to what came afterwards. And the fact that, the, the fact that you know, a designer can just take a picture and figure out where words need to go to make mm-hmm. this more um, desirable for people to want to look at. And I think, well, even like the American Life artwork, I think is, I mean, I like the Craig McDean photos, but the way that the design for this, I just don't, it, it's not appealing. Why, why, if I were to buy, I used to buy albums, even artists I had never heard before based on how the artwork looks. So really? because to me, without even hearing the songs, I, I have done that before. Well, I've at least like explored it. It's like, oh, I want to hear that, that the artwork at least looks interesting. Cause I feel like if you put artwork together, it's, it's all part of a package, right? It's, it's got to match what it's going to sound like. And I feel like Madonna at least up to this point, had been able to do that. You would look at the yeah. album artwork, you'd hear the songs, and you'd feel like they they mesh well and they look well. Whereas this one for American Life, I don't think yeah. anything, even all the single co- I mean, I think Hollywood is probably the best single cover, but out of all of them, I, I don't know. I just, this does not stand out to me, especially using gap photo shoots, especially when you're talking about <laughs> anti-commercialism so it's just you know we're going back to that again but yeah i don't know i nothing fails single failed to me yeah yeah (laughs) and i had a lot of hopes for that i thought that that was going to be like a number one single they were going to release it it's got a choir it's going to have a video that's it if it had a video it might have caught the public's attention after like the previous tracks people might have latched onto it but I can't imagine radio played it much, so people did, probably didn't even know it existed, and with no video, it wouldn't have had that extra yeah. exposure, so it was deemed to fail. Yeah, and I think this is one of the ones where they kind of just, like, slipped it in as a single, just, and no one was really aware of it, that it mm. even happened. So, yeah. so, track seven, Intervention, it's probably one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, I like this I, It's very sweet. I, I believe it's, did she write it for her son or does she just now dedicate it to her son? Rock I think, I believe that, re-listening to it, this song, I believe, is definitely about Guy. And I think when she was yeah. doing Tears of the Clown, she appropriated it and thought this could work for Rocco now. Because right. I always used to sing um, 
I got to save my baby, cause he makes me cry. I got to calm him down now, and his name is Guy. <laughs> 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 Do you know, like, um, of music albums, she, she had that, the song, um, This Guy Was Made For Me. Yep. Da, 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 so I was thinking, this is her um, the American Life this version. This is the American Life version of that song. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rocco would have been... It, Rocco would have been a toddler at this at this time. She couldn't have been able to articulate those lyrics to a child, surely. But then as he's grown up, then I think it makes much more sense yeah. because I think he must be very similar to his dad and she yeah. must be aware of that as well. So yeah, I think that's I think that's what's happened anyway. But one thing I did think of, because she's talking about saving if Mike Ferry is right, she she's talking about saving Guy, but then on the linear notes of um the album. She says, and the most special of all thanks goes to the mister for shining light in my direction. So she's almost saying he saved her. Yeah. But then in this songs, she wants to save him. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird sort of like... Because um, I think she probably feels, if if I were to guess, I'd, I'd feel like she probably feels like she owes it to him for saving her. Mm, uh, yeah. And she wants that opportunity too. To return it. Yeah. Possibly. Because she, because, um, she obviously got him into Kabbalah. I wonder if it's something to do with that. Would, would he have got into Kabbalah recently? I think he would have done, wouldn't he? Or it would have been around music era. Probably. she was into it much earlier than him. Yeah, probably within that time. I'm sure once they started discussing marriage that... Mm. She was probably like, okay, but you got to start coming to these classes <laughs> classes with me <laughs> and dressing up in costume for Porum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this is, this to me is the first song that I don't feel suffers from overproduction on the, yeah. on the album. Cause I don't, it's not like love, love perfusion. I, I love, um, but I think it has a lot of extra things that it doesn't really need for the song. But Intervention, yeah. I think, does what Love Profusion could have done. And maybe that's why Love Profusion did get all that extra stuff is because it sounded too, maybe they sounded too similar. Um, so perhaps that's why they added a whole bunch of stuff onto Love Profusion. But this to me is just like this very beautiful song that I could just sit and listen to all the time. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And there's something, something really longing in her vocals as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's you, you believe her. I think now going forward, I think you do believe a lot of what she's saying in in the, in the songs going forward. Not that you haven't before, but mm-hmm. like you say, because they're more stripped back and less over less produced, it gives her voice space to shine. If that Is makes it sense. More resonance for sure. Yes. Yes. And then we do get even more more resonance of her vocals in the next track, Ecstatic Process. I think this is my favorite. This is your favorite? One of, yeah, one of two of my favorite tracks on the album. Tell me why this is your favorite. Oh my gosh, it's just um, the overlaying of the vocals. At one point, you don't even know if it's her because she's doing like the different tones and, mm-hmm. and you just get carried away and you believe every word she's saying. And again, she, she, she comes across as a vulnerable and yeah, I, I just adore it. 
And I think this is what I was talking about earlier. I think this song um, initially was meant to be um, an up-tempo dance song that she wrote with Stuart Price. And I don't know how, at what point they stripped it down, but I couldn't imagine it any other way than it is. It's just well, beautiful. I'm glad they did. Uh, because I, this is a track that I don't think resonated with me initially. Um, but oh. over time, it has... Well, I wouldn't even say over time. I think it just took a lot of listens to really think about what was being said and what was being done. Because again, this song is very much like Nobody Knows Me, where it's like these two songs don't sound like any of the other songs on the album. Mm. And usually you get one of those, and one of them is usually like a ballad that's that's on a dance record. A lot of these songs are kind of mid-tempo that have been kind of forced into this up-tempo type sound, whereas this one was originally supposed to be this up-tempo song, and then it got stripped down to this like complete ballad with like this, um, I don't know what they call it, like is it like an air organ or something like that, where it's, you got to like pump it to give it air in order to play it. That's it. That's what it sounds like is being played in the background. It's a very beautiful song. And I originally, so when Madonna has been in interviews talking about the song, and I think when fans talk about the song, they feel like this is her song that she connects to with religion. Okay. But I, I hear that more in nothing fails. Cause in nothing fails. She goes, I'm yeah. not religious, but you make me want to pray. But other people see that as a person that makes them want to do that. Whereas mine is more of like my relationship with religion is I'm not religious, but some things about religion uh, are very intriguing to me. And in that sense would make me want to pray just because I find, you know, cathedrals beautiful and I love choir and I love gospel and I love, um, you know, the imagery that has been associated with lots of religion. So and the rituals as well. Exactly. The whole, yes, I get that. But I'm not religious. But seeing yes, all yes. that and being involved in that makes me want to pray. But a static process makes me feel like more of a person that I'm having mm-hmm. a struggle connecting with. When she says, Jesus Christ, would you look at me? Um, don't know who I'm supposed to be. Don't know if I should. Don't really know if I should give a damn. When you're around, I don't know who I am. Yes, yeah. It's... And also, and that's coming from who, especially at that time, was seen as a very powerful woman who was intimidated, um, not, not easily uh, intimidated, right. and and didn't take shit from anyone. And that again, that it's, it's so beautiful to see that vulnerability. So I'm thinking, could that, alongside intervention, be the two guy songs, blatantly guy songs, maybe? When yeah. she first met Guy, she 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 did feel that vulnerability around him, and it, and that's what she was attracted to mm-hmm. because she, she's always said that she doesn't like um, her relationships to be pushovers. She likes to be challenged. She likes to um, um, basically be seen as a person rather than this bigger than life, right? Like idol, what so many people see her as. Yeah. So for someone to make Madonna. Um, feel like she doesn't know who she is or less than confident, then that's a very powerful thing to, to have, isn't it? Exactly. Um, there was a book that was released called Ecstatic Process, and it was her collaboration with Stephen Klein, which 
they originally used for the for W magazine, which was this incredible photo shoot, Madonna just completely going way out of her comfort zone, out of the box, and her and Stephen Klein collaborated to give these kind of stunning, haunting visuals um, of what you see in the W magazine, but then you also see it reused throughout the reinvention tour, uh, particularly in the opening when they also redid all the, we'll talk about reinvention tour, but Mm. the music for um, the beast within and putting these images against that was like, it was like an installation, oh wasn't it? I think it there was. was. Actual, there was yeah. an actual so, installation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which country it was in, but you could actually go and see it yeah. as in like um, a, a piece of art. But and they had the, the burning wedding dress yeah. from like a virgin, didn't they, and things like that. So maybe that's why they've called the song "Ecstatic Process." And because I always, that's one thing that has always puzzled me: <laughs> why is this song called "Ecstatic Process"? <laughs> it, what staging and the lyrics or anything? But maybe there's a, a deeper link that yeah. we're not picking up on, or that. That she she's she she has under like as an undercurrent between the two mm-hmm. the, the two project projects. I would believe that. Oh, we also have to point out the fact that this is the time period where Madonna did this interview, where the room was hot, and she's yelling, oh, yes. she's yelling at her assistant <laughs> to open the door. She goes, "Carice, you do not understand. Yeah. I cannot." And her British accent is coming more to the forefront, yeah. and she's like. Get me a fan. Yeah. <laughs> open the door. Some, uh, open the door. Really? I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then the interviewer gives her the paper, and she's like finding herself. But at least she smiles at the interviewer. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what I find funny about that is I think that uh, <laughs> it was it was more of a dig at some fans. So there are fans who aren't phased by anything, and they will kiss her ass lick her ass do whatever they need to do to defend madonna to great lengths Mm. and even like you couldn't say the slightest criticism towards her and so i think this happened in the icon message boards or maybe with some other message boards where um people started referring to those kinds of fans the ones who just got all up in arms about any slight comment would be referred to as fawns because it was it was uh, trying to be very high and mighty and up on their high horse, so it but it was in reference to the way Madonna said "fan" in that yeah. um, <laughs> that interaction. It was like they were like, "Oh, you're a fawn," and it was F O N. It wasn't spelled F A N. We spelled fawns as F O N S. Yeah. I just oh, you fawn. Oh, you must be a fawn. Oh. and you're a fawn okay i got it (laughs) um what one thing i can't remember is um ecstatic process did she perform that you know remember when she did the um tears of a clown show she did loads of stuff american life did she do ecstatic process good question i i I will say tears of a clown i think i've watched it once it's not like Uh, it's not like that it's a it's a horrible thing i think it was very uh, this one-off thing that she did but I don't think it was necessarily the best delivery of her music the way that she did it. Um, I might be in the minority when I say that. But I do remember that she did a bunch of songs from American Life that no one was expecting for her to do. Yeah. I can't remember if this was one of them. I do know that this was done for on stage 
and on the record, but it was like a you had to have MTV two in order to see this extra performance. And I believe Ecstatic Process was one of the songs that was performed uh, okay. for on on stage and on the record. But I don't recall if she did this for Tears of a Clown. But that takes us into Mother and Father. And I want to hear your thoughts on it first. It's another one, like Nothing Fails, where I wanted to like it more. Because again, it's the first up-tempo one since um, Nobody Knows Me. So when you listen to the album, you think, okay. It starts quite tinny and it's got a naivety about it that I didn't understand until later when I've heard other people talk about it and stuff. Her voice, I weren't too sure about the rap. I weren't too sure about um, where it goes. My father had to go to work. I used to think it was a drug. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like someone just cut it. I mean, obviously it's Merways, but I'm thinking, Merways, is, you've got better skills than that than editing it. But then over the years, when I've heard other people's opinions and, heard, and saw people write about it and stuff, I've come to love it more. I've come to understand that, well, I think that the naivety is... Um, is done on purpose because she's yes. talking about her childhood. So she's, so I can accept it a lot more now than I did at the time. And, and now, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites now. I think lyrically it's probably more serious, but the production of the song, I feel like has more of a sense of humor to it. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I feel yeah, like it's got childlike sort of, yeah. And the music is oh, very, very deep. The music is very, yeah. and it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't take the song seriously. Um, and it's almost like it's very reminiscent of till death do us part where it starts off in this very kind of like happy go lucky moment. Oh, and then it has I've serious moments. Uh, yes. So it's That's not necessarily brilliant. a song that, stands out in the sense that I want to listen to this track if I don't listen to the album. You know, like you, you put your own playlist together and you, you throw some songs on there. This song would not be on there. But if I'm listening to the album, I don't skip. This is not a song I skip over because, yeah. you know, I do like hearing her sing it. I just not outside of the context of this album. Wow. I can't believe I've never put that song with um, Till Death Was Part till death was yeah. because... What you just said, it's, it, it, it's exactly this. It, it, so Death was part of that really jaunty, sort of like happy soundtrack mm-hmm. to it, but with these really deep, s- sad lyrics. And it's right. the same with this. She's talking about the death of her mother and like the alienation she felt from her father. So pretty deep. And then you've got like this childlike playful, oh, wait. And then yes. this little rap in there that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think she's being serious about rapping, but I think she's just... It does make sense. I know I said earlier about having the rap in Hollywood straight after America Live, but further down the album, because she does revisit the rap, it yes. does make it a little bit more cohesive. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, it, it does work. I don't like the high-pitched voice where she goes, I got to well, give it up. It just... It always reminds me of Kyla. Yes, bit. it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does remind me of Kylie, and I... She performed it on Reinvention Tour, which was a great performance. She sat down with her guitar um, and it was really good. And then she's also did it on, uh, I think it was like the Today Show. So Matt Lauer did this long interview with her, but then they would take portions of it and, and either show it on their nightly show or they'd show it on their morning show. And this was a portion that they showed on their morning show where she just played it on her guitar. 
Um, just her was she with guitar. with Monty? Was she sat with Monty at the time? I want to say she was one? with Monty because every time you see her play guitar, Monty he's, yeah, he's there supporting her, <laughs> and and she's like, "Come on, Monty, play!" Because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like in some ways she she's probably at least at this point in time still self conscious about playing the guitar by herself. She's mentioned oh, yeah. she's mentioned it in interviews that you know she doesn't feel um, confident or competent enough to play guitar for the recording of an album but she can do it live because nothing has you don't have to have a clean sound live you can yeah kind of make a wrong note and it's it's not going to impact but it and, will you, impact. And, and also she's not in the studio she's not paid for studio time if she she keeps fucking up and having to go back and shit whereas on stage that's true <laughs> the song's finished if she's fucked up or not considering how much time she spent in the editing room for madame x Concert film, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she'll be in there a long time. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised she's never gotten like a home studio. She has, but then she sold the house, hasn't she? But she, she got a home studio in the one she bought from the weekend, right? But I think she's selling it. But again then now. she turned it around and just sold it again. So it's like, because <laughs> I thought she bought it for um, the Malik guy because he released a single, didn't it? So I thought, oh, because um, that's when she was really with him, weren't it? Because I believe that he did record a song probably so in that studio yeah. yeah 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 that would make yeah. sense um I, I wonder if lord has borrowed it as well for a little drum and bass song well who knows and um david did a little take something didn't so maybe she just thought she could have it for the whole family but then changed her mind yeah we already talked about die another day just but do you mm-hmm. have anything else to to say about that one no let's just jump into easy ride and again i feel like die another day does not fit on this album i wish there was yeah. other songs but a special song closes the album i think from there you know what i mean yeah. it's like it, it's like it's kind of like murder all or gone or easy ride it's it's this it's 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 an easy ride to the end honestly it mm-hmm. it i feel like it fits sonically with the rest of the songs on the album. This has a little bit of everything that you've heard on the album. It has the acoustic guitar. It has kind of those beats and it has orchestration orchestration. Um, so you get a little bit of everything, but it's still a ballad and it feels very smooth. What are your thoughts? With this song alongside um, ecstatic process, these are the two, my two favorite on the album. And um, this one is beautiful closer yeah. it's like you almost want to listen to the album to get to this as well i find and I, I, you've just articulated it brilliantly because it's just a culmination of everything you've just heard mm-hmm. put in one track and when then that snarling sort of the snarling sims come out come on at the end yeah. and the beats and bass and stuff it's just like whoa and I, I just wanted it to carry on forever but because it it stops it leaves you wanting more and it's just like perfect album closer i think this is the best album closer she's ever done well, maybe Mergirl, but well, this is definitely definitely up there. Love it. I don't think she has had a better closing song since. No, no. There have been some that have come a little bit close, but it doesn't it doesn't hit the way. Um, I would say I think the only thing that has come close is probably uh, NDNA falling free. Um, just yeah, because yeah. that I love the way that song sounds. I don't think it hit me at first, but. It, it eventually did hit hit me. And I think between 
American Life and MDNA, those two probably have ended an album well, but I think Easy Ride wins over Falling Free. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else since has ended an album quite as well. And it's such a journey. If you think we started American Life being all... um, Actually, it's not that... So we started American Life and ended at Easy Ride, but the end of Easy Ride is still quite... um, jagged and yeah futuristic and electronic and stuff as it the album started and then in between we get all the acoustic with the um yeah so yeah you don't have the energy of american i think american life has a lot more energy where this one just it it kind of sets you off to sail like on a boat Mm -hmm. and it kind of just talks about everything that she just went through and that she doesn't want an easy ride. She wants, she wants a challenge. She wants something that gives her reason to keep like living life to the fullest. To me, this song yeah. is the most personal song on this album um, aside from mother yeah. and father. But that one, that one, I don't think you, you take as seriously as this one. It goes back to what we said at the beginning though, about how this album is taken as a political album, mm-hmm. as an anti-American album, but just during the last few songs we've been we've been talking about how personal it is and how vulnerable she is and and like how she's burying her soul and it has very little to do with politics yeah well the only songs i feel like really get into the politics of the first two it's the first uh, american life in hollywood and then i'm so stupid Mm -hmm. is her her taking us into the personalization of how she feels about what she's talking about what in she track just, one, yeah, what two. she's talking about, and yeah. like now I'm going to tell you that I'm so stupid to to have fallen for that, and now I'm going to go into what real what means the most to me, and that's when she goes into love profusion. Nobody knows me, nothing fails, and all that. So I think there um there are definitely there's definitely a a consciousness to putting together this track. List. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Sonically, I just don't know if it was tracked appropriately and there is a tracking issue on the cd which has carried over into the streaming where you hear the last few seconds of the previous track when you go to the next track it's annoying oh okay or vice versa something yeah i think it's i would i would encourage you to go listen on streaming and um if you use spotify turn off the one that says um seamless gap turn off that setting just so that you can hear where like Hollywood starts. For example, you hear the end of American life. I think. And that happens with every track on here. And it's so annoying. I can remember hearing the birds of Hollywood somewhere. That's ringing a bell actually, to be honest, but I'll, have to, I'll, I'll revisit it. And I hope they fix that if they do Re- a re-release. Yes. For this one. But wait, we're not done because then she decided to release a remix EP called Remix and Revisited, which has remix tracks from American Life, as well as the live performance of the MTV Video Music Awards performance with Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, and Missy Elliott. I know, I probably said those out of um, gay hierarchy (laughs) rules. Uh, (laughs) But actually, no, wait, because on the album itself, it does say featuring Christina Aguilera's name first, then Britney Spears, and then Missy Elliott. Um, And then uh, a remix, a longer remix of Into the Hollywood Groove, and an unreleased track from Bedtime Stories, 
called your honesty. So just in general, what do you uh, what are your just quick thoughts on this project to have an EP come out after the album? I loved it. I absolutely adored it. I remember at the time, um, the internet, well, for me anyway, it was in, in its infancy, but a lot of people would say, oh, what's the point in this? What's the point in this? And for me, I could completely see the point. We touched on it earlier, but the reinventions of the American Life songs were just like, wow. Like, and for a long time, I didn't listen to the album versions. I would just listen to yeah. these versions. It was nice to have the... Um, the Like a Virgin MCU Awards performance, but it never really, it's not something I would listen to. It's more of a visual thing, isn't it? Yeah. For me, it is anyway. And I, I, I found your honesty quite odd, just tacked on at the end, to be honest. <laughs> so do you know the story around that? Of why it was no. included? No, no, I don't. So, if I'm being honest... Uh, someone can correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but around this time there was talk of doing a box set of like greatest hits and unreleased stuff, and this was one of the songs that was going to be included on there. So it's supposed to have like everything, and I think this is also around the time where the Bond Ambition Tour and Virgin Tour were mastered for DVD to include in this larger collection that was supposed to be released, but the project got dropped. And then came the reinvention tour. So I think it was supposed to be because reinvention tour was more of like it was a pretty much like a greatest hits type tour, which we didn't see during Drown World Tour. We saw kind of this this kind of like she's singing more of her hits. She sings Papa Don't Preach and Crazy for You and Vogue. Yeah. So I think that was yeah. that was the intention to have like this big box set. This was gonna be one of the songs that were on there, but since the project failed but they wanted to throw something extra for for funsies uh for the fans they put your honesty on here instead okay it's it just doesn't fit sonically doesn't well i suppose it's a mish it's a mishmash even without that yeah it's a mishmash isn't it with the um that them them heavy them heavy guitar yeah. based yep. remixes what i've always thought is I don't think these, the Head Cleaner and the Mount Sims and the um, Nevins mix, I don't think they was commissioned when the album was done. I think potentially she gave the songs to these producers, remixes, whatever, to see what they could do for the tour because she was obviously planning the mm, tour at this point. Yeah. And and this is the, ver- the version of America Live was used on the tour. It was. And obviously she didn't, si- she didn't sing um, Love Profusion and she didn't, the version of um, Nothing Fails and um, Nobody Knows Me weren't the ones used. Right. But maybe she was just was maybe she was thrown out there yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah. And then she probably thought, that, maybe thought it was too good to not be heard. Yeah. I don't know. But I think they were probably already... Well, also, you have to understand, she's also uh, under contract. So she has to oh, release... Yeah. A certain number of albums or an album probably before her record contract could end and yes. if you recall i believe um celebration the greatest hits was her last contractually obligated release but also what i wanted to point out too for remix and revisited this is the last album that was on maverick records okay. so after this it went back to just straight warner brothers and stayed with Warner Brothers until Celebration ended and then 
went into her Live Nation deal. I don't know. There, there's a lot of layers here that I think that we probably don't know all the details to um, of like why this, why your honesty was included, why this particular project. I don't think this was like a a project where she's like, yes, this has to be done and I want to do it. I think it was more of like, hey, while you're sort of like on this upswing because, you know, the album was heavily criticized, let's put something out there that's a little bit more fun and lighthearted, like yeah. some remixes and, you know, your performance. And let's let's throw a gem from when people loved you and and (laughs) well i don't i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that like in a way of well this is this is when you weren't as hated for putting out music let's throw that on there so i think i don't know that i think there's just like a lot of layers that we don't truly know we just have speculation that we have uh but also again i'm not sure of the timeline but one thing i don't think we spoke about is the children's books so that oh, would be yeah. a juxtaposition mm-hmm. to the whole American Life persona. And then, so there was so many, it was like loads of stuff was going on. Very much, very and much it was so. Like, and I think it was because the album wasn't received so well. It, it was almost like damage control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I completely glossed over that fact about the children's book. I mean, I know they were coming out around the same time, but this is also around the time where she was doing that. So in a way it was, is kind of like back to that Avita slash something to remember thing where, except this time she had to be more reactive than proactive about it, where yes. she had yes. to be like, well, I have these children's books and Hey, look, I got a new remix EP and they're all, you know, they're songs from my last album, but they're just more fun. Come check them out. Yes. Type thing. Like, look, I, I'm an old song. I'm posing, I'm an old song you've never heard before. I'm posing for Gap. <laughs> You know, I've got gap jeans on. With some aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always looked at it as a, a, as a tribute to MTV, the Moon Man MTV. That's how I looked at it. Oh yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if that was the intention or if they're just trying to be weird. For me, I'll just say I was probably one of those people who was like, I don't understand why this is being released. However, of course, like looking at the American Life remixes that are on here, they're my favorite remixes that are on here, but I didn't think it was like, maybe it wasn't fully thought out. I, I remember during Ray of Light, she wanted to do a remix EP called Veronica Electronica yes. with some of the best remixes or unreleased mixes of from Ray of Light. And so I think that was her intention here, but I also think it was also sort of a, a cash grab to remind people why she's Madonna is particularly putting the MTV performance on there because it got a lot of buzz. Therefore, if you throw it on an album and we're still at the point in time where albums are what you go to the store to buy, you don't stream them, that it was a very wise choice to do that because it probably would have increased record sales for her. Well, I think we covered American Life. There was like a lot going on, even though it seemed like a very just general release there was she did so much during that time with all the promotions commercials um releasing this music and preparing for a world tour which we will talk about in our next episode but i want to thank you for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure and i really enjoyed talking to you about american life oh wait thank you for having me it's been an honor i've loved every minute of it 
thank you. I hope you have a great weekend and I will talk to you soon. Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Until then, my beautiful strangers.